Ah, yes, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Jack Farmer. His name's Raj Geary. This is the Wrestling Inc. News and Notes show where we're going to talk about all sorts of stuff. We got Goldberg news. We've got some Eddie Kingston chat. We've got some Revolution chat. We got some Brock Lesnar chat. All sorts of stuff. Raj, are you ready to dive into this stuff? Oh, let's do it. I'm in. Yeah, we've got uh, a lot of fun stuff to chat about. For everyone who's joining, again, this is one of the newer shows, so everything you do really helps out. So the likes, the comments, the shares, subscribes, please make sure to hit those up. And uh, again, click the little bell button. It'll give you a notification every single time we go live for this one. But it's the same time every Thursday. Uh, so you, should, you shouldn't be late for it, right, Raj? You should be ready, regardless Absolutely. of what your clocks say. Uh, Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, for those of you who are here, gluten free, J.R. Smith, uh, Michael, Thomas, thanks for coming by. Uh, and everyone else who is slowly kind of gathering in the chat. Baby Ice. Good to see you, Baby Ice. Always good to see you at all of these uh, different shows. Raj, we've been getting pretty good reviews, by the way, speaking of comments on this show. People like us. Yeah, thank and thank you guys. Really appreciate it. And uh, keep them coming. We really uh, it really does help us out. Yeah, so let's get into the first news of the day. Uh, the the news that I think is going to be kind of fun to chat about, but it's one of my favorites of all time. A good friend of mine, James Kincaid, calls him box office Bill Goldberg. Uh, is saying that after a deal with the devil, he believes he's owed one more match. In an interview with Sports Illustrated, Sports Illustrated, Goldberg revealed that he was strongly considering having a retirement match. He said he'd prefer it was with WWE, but it didn't have to be. He said, quote, you never say never, especially in wrestling, and they owe me one. That's all I can say. I made a deal with the devil, and I did my job, and they owe me a retirement match. At the end of the day, at 56, it's not something where I'm sitting by the phone waiting for a call. I've got a few ideas how to do it on my own, possibly in Israel, so never say never. Goldberg didn't say specifically what the deal with the devil was regarding WWE, though some people seem to speculate it has to do with Elimination Chamber in Saudi Arabia. Raj, uh, as the famous late 90s comedian would say, what is the deal? <laughs> I don't know. You know, Goldberg had been doing these Saudi Arabia shows for years, obviously uh, paid handsomely. Um, but look, you know, I think... Uh, Look, I'm a Goldberg fan. Um, mm -hmm. I know Bret Hart isn't, and I can only imagine how upset he is because his career ended because you know during a match with Gold during a match with Goldberg. But mm -hmm. um, the guy is one of the biggest you know box office attractions of our time, and people don't remember a lot of times how big he was in 1998. I mean, he was gigantic, and. I mean, he was up there with Austin. I mean, there were there were there were months here and there where it was back and forth. I mean, he was gigantic. So it, if they come up with something fun for him, I'm you know I think that'd be great. So I'm all for it. Uh, as far as being owed it, I mean, you know, he's he's, mm -hmm. he's made millions and millions and millions of dollars. So it wasn't like he was doing this, you know, these matches out of the goodness of his heart. You know, so um, but I, I'd love to see it. Yeah, I don't know about Ode unless there was something in that contract or something said to him where they say, if you do this for me, we'll do it for you. 
But you're right. I think a lot of people forget just how big he was. I always think back to a TV guide back in the late 90s, speaking of old days, TV guides. And I'll never forget, it had a small little picture of Stone Cold and a small little picture of The Rock. But then it had a giant full-size image of Goldberg talking, and the issue was about pro wrestling. And I always think they chose Goldberg to be the biggest picture of the three. Now that seems crazy looking back. But in the time, to your point, that's just how big Goldberg was back in the day. He was here. Yeah, especially in 1998, 1999, WCW obviously lost a ton of money and self-destructed. And, uh, you know, uh, they kind of shot themselves in the foot when Goldberg lost that title. I, I kind of saw what they were trying to do with that, like having Goldberg chase and, and create a new story. But yeah, he was he was a huge deal. And I, I, it's kind of one of those things that unless you were there, uh, you just will never know. And he was just gigantic. Him and Austin both. I mean, Austin yeah. endured a lot longer, but uh you know, Goldberg to this day, when he comes back, he he pops ratings. Yeah, he he was a different animal. Now, Ryan Silva in the chat is saying if he's one of the biggest box office attractions, why did WCW lose 60 million the last year? Raj, I've read the Nitro book, but uh, <laughs> would you like to comment on that? Well, I mean, 1999, they were a disaster. So, I mean, that's, that's the easy answer. But in 1998, they were hugely profitable in 1997. Granted Goldberg wasn't the big star he was yet, but uh, yeah, 1999, 2000. I mean, that, those are just, you know, really bad WCW years. Two years in pro wrestling is a huge difference, uh, especially over the past, since the Monday night wars kind of time period. I mean, even you look at how, TNA was doing at one point, and then two years later, how different it was. You look at Ring yeah. of Honor, kind of same thing on smaller levels. AEW to a degree as well. ECW. ECW. Two yeah. years is a lifetime. Two years ago in WWE, if you were to go back two years to today, you would you would never think it would be where it is today. So uh, yeah. two years is a big time. But uh, Baby Ice says, I blame Judy Bagwell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, JR say Goldberg was always a blast to watch from the entrance to the finish. Yeah, I loved Goldberg uh, when he was doing his thing. His matches were just nonstop adrenaline. Yeah, even when you knew he was going to crush, even it was like Jerry Flynn was his opponent. You're like, <laughs> all right, here we yeah. go. <laughs> Got to watch this. It was like a Tyson fight. <laughs> yeah, you knew you knew he was going to crush the guy, but you're like, whatever. It's Goldberg. I'm I'm into this. Right. Uh, so, uh, but real quick kind of for fun question if he did have a, a last match who do you who would you like to book him against fantasy book and we'll say it happens at SummerSlam, so you can build it you cannot build it doesn't matter just who you, whoever uh, a, a not gonna happen pick would be steve austin that's mm -hmm. always been like a dream match since the 90s um and and i think they're you know they're they're both smart enough that they could work a match around each other's strengths and weaknesses to to do something fun. I don't think that'll happen. And uh, without that, geez, maybe Seth Rollins. I think Seth Rollins could get an awesome match out of Goldberg, uh, something memorable. But yeah. I think Seth Rollins would have to win if that were the case. But I, I don't. Goldberg doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would uh, care about putting someone over on his way out. No, I don't think you would. And I, I'll be honest. I think I'd like to see him win his last match. I don't think he should be in a match with like a big name. I mean, 
Like I'd, I'd like to see him have his last match be with like a Baron Corbin, someone who it's okay if he loses, but Goldberg can stand tall one more time and look good. I don't know if beating Goldberg means anything anymore. Like if, if Seth Rollins beat Goldberg, I don't know if he could talk about it for three months as the guy that beat Goldberg anymore, you know? Yeah, so, but, you know, Corbin did that with Kurt Angle, and that didn't really do much. <laughs> oh, I, I want – no, I'd want uh, Goldberg to beat Corbin, though. Is okay. Good. Like, yeah. It's just a feel-good – like a little feel-good moment kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Maybe AJ Styles. I mean, AJ Styles is at a, the stage yeah. of his career where he doesn't need the win, and – um and it, and again, I think AJ could get a you know a lot of these big muscular dudes have their best matches with the smaller, more acrobatic, high flying guys. And Raj, yeah. you just opened my mind. Goldberg should have his last match in the Boneyard with <laughs> AJ Styles. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> we should have another Book Boneyard it. match. <laughs> this is why I will never be a Booker. <laughs> like Boneyard. <laughs> <laughs> anytime that should be the go-to you need a lesnar versus omos that'll boneyard. be my new, my new pay-per-view get rid of hell in a cell we're doing boneyard every year. <laughs> the big the big six now <laughs> uh sev saying i wish wcw never lied about goldberg's winning streak in my opinion that completely derailed him in wcw don't insult your fans i don't think it really mattered personally you know, so few people were on the internet back then that they really knew that WCW was lying, but it didn't help. Uh, yeah, I, I would have rather just kept it legit for sure. Yeah, yeah. there were a few times where like, like on Nitro, they'd be like, yeah, he's got 70 wins. And then Thunder would roll around. And he's, like, he's at 95 wins. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's been busy. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't necessary. It's not like it's like they were trying to get him to, you know, 100 and 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 you know, his hundred hundredth victory on pay-per-view, but he didn't need it. He was fine where he was. They didn't need those Memorex chants. You know, he was, he was fine where he was. Yeah, absolutely. And we got, uh, by the way, Seth says Orton, if he comes back, would be a good one to end the career. The old that's, legend killer bit. Yeah. And that, that's one of the few big names he hasn't faced. Um, and then, uh, Justine says, hello. Always good to see Justine in the chat. Hello, Justine. Uh, so yeah, let us know uh, in the chat if you have any final matches you'd like to see Goldberg in before, um, you know, heading out. Maybe scripts from NXT. <laughs> not, not happen. But uh, we got some more news, and this is a an interesting one. Uh, Eddie Kingston has been interesting to me as of late. He's been a little interesting on Twitter lately. Uh, saying he hates it here in regards to AEW after they announced he would be in a ladder match. Isn't really in the ladder match all that much when the show comes around. Now there's a thing saying he quits. There's a thing now he's saying he's an independent contractor and he's promoting other shows. Is there anything to this Eddie Kingston thing or is this all just TV? No, he's going to ROH. He's already, you know, he's he's on ROH's debut episode. This is just an angle to to get him on ROH. If it wasn't an angle, they wouldn't have put it up on their social media. But, um, and I think it's good. You know, ROH does need some of the established bigger AEW stars. So I think, you know, Eddie Kingston wasn't doing much on the main roster. So uh, I think it makes sense for him to help build up ROH. Now, part where I think it's bad is you had you had MJF last year saying he wants to leave AEW and he's willing to go to WWE, you know, without using the initials. And then you got 
FTR, you know, basically, you know, talking about becoming free agents in April and whether that's a shoot or a work, uh, it's hard to say because their contracts are up in April. And now you got Eddie Kingston saying he wants to quit. And I just think it looks bad for AEW to be doing storylines where people are saying they want to leave your company at a time when the other company is so hot. You know, mm-hmm. it's uh, you want to be like the place to be. You want to be the place where everyone wants to go to, not the one where everyone's thinking about leaving or wanting to go to the competition. So I just think I think you could get Eddie Kingston to ROH without saying he hates it here and he hates AEW and, and whatnot. I, I just think that's counterproductive. Yeah, it's I like when they blur the story, like reality and that kind of thing. But sometimes it just makes me feel icky, I always say. And it makes me feel icky when so many people want to leave. And right. especially when they're people who everyone likes there. It's also it's not like if WWE was doing this and Baron Corbin was doing it because of the kind of character Corbin is, we'd all be like, goodbye, get out of here. We hate you, you know, pack up and go and everyone would get into it. But we don't want to see Eddie Kingston leave. We don't want to see Eddie Kingston hate AEW. We don't want to see FTR hate AEW. We don't want to see, I don't know. It's just a weird, weird thing. Even if, so that's why I'm like, I also, that's why I don't know if AEW, if he is serious or not. I don't know. It's a weird. He He's not, weird but. Thing. That Eddie Kingston's not. I don't know about FTR, but uh, Eddie Kingston is part of the storyline. I, I, you know, he might have some frustration because he's hardly been used at all. But um, yeah, that, that's all part of the storyline. But again, you don't want to make your your opposition look like the place where everyone wants to go. You also you don't want to make a place to go. Yeah, you also don't want to make it look like I think the smaller of the properties you own is the place to go either. Like. Again, using WWE as an example, back when, you know, I can't imagine if you had someone on Raw going, I hate it here. I'm going to NXT. It sucks at Raw and SmackDown. You'd be like, that's weird. Uh, Or if there's the old ECW brand and they're like, I'm I'm leaving for ECW. I don't know if that makes sense. But we got a question about this, Raj, and uh, (laughs) a comment. I don't know if it's necessarily a question, but uh, at TS Peeps. At says ladder etiquette for referees. <laughs> Raj, I'm going to put it all on you. <laughs> what, what do you think about ladder oh, etiquette God. for referees? Oh, God. Oh, man. I, you know, I, last night, it's funny because I, I made a tweet, which was half kidding, mm-hmm. uh, just saying, like, it, it wasn't right that the referees were helping uh, uh, Hobbs, Hobbs. the match. Yeah. And, you know, it was half kidding because obviously they're not trying to help him win. They're trying to stabilize the ladder. Um, yeah, Hobbs, man, that guy just pulverized this ladder. And, yeah, uh, then it was destroyed. And he used that ladder. And there was an, a good ladder really close by that mm-hmm. he could have grabbed. And that's what I think he should have done. And this is where I think production should have, like, chimed in to the referees and told Hobbs, Hey, go get the other ladder, yeah. you know, because this one is it's unusable. We're, but instead, whatever, they had to hold it up. That's fine. You know, they whatever they're stuck in that situation. You want to make sure that Hobbs is safe. So, sure, that's that's cool. Hold the ladder, but don't shoot it the whole time. Don't shoot the referees. It was like three minutes of them just going back and forth. And you see, just see the referees are like clinging on for dear life, at, you know, at the foot of the ladder. There's three of them. Mm-hmm. Just keep the camera on Hobbs. 
cut to the wrestlers outside the ring. When Hobbs grabs it, cut to a replay, you know, do something. But I just, seriously, it was like three minutes. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I got people saying, well, oh, we're 19 and, you know, oh, no, <laughs> 1993 or you know, well, maybe 1993, yeah. 17 years ago, Edge right. and Cena, there the referee was holding. It's like, yes, they were, but they didn't like stay on the shot where the referee's holding on. Fuck, if screw ups happen yeah. in wrestling yes. matches all the time. Yes. And, and you, you got to make up for it and move on. They weren't shooting the referee for three minutes, going back and forth, showing the referee holding the ladder. And I think that's just the thing. The production, the referees did the right thing in that situation. They should have uh, worried about the safety of the wrestler. But I do think they should have shot it differently. And the production, the director should have made sure that they're not keeping, you know, keep going back to showing the referees holding on to that ladder the way they were. And and look, if this happens a lot, maybe it's just a better thing to have a rule that says referees for the safety of the wrestlers can hold on to the ladder and, and stabilize the ladder and just say that's, you know, during the match, be like, Hey, referees are allowed to stabilize the ladder. So anyway, it's one of those things that means nothing ultimately. And just people were in a fury just all over the place on the internet today. But I, I didn't think the referees did anything wrong. They did what they had to in that situation. Yeah, I agree. You don't want anyone to get hurt, but also it's, it's very similar to the blading situation, right? Where, it's one thing if someone, you know, blades themselves, makes themselves bleed, but don't let us watch the referee hand them the, the blade, then right. cut themselves and then take the blade back and put it away, you know? Or uh, don't don't catch the wrestler cutting themselves. You got to Right. You got to have that stuff planned. So the director should know to cut away, cut to something else when you're going to freaking cut yourself with a razor blade, which to me is an outdated practice as it is. But if you're going to do it, don't do it on camera where people can easily see it or see the blade. Right. Yeah. It's one of the things it's funny in the past, we've said that WWE is almost too well-produced and it, it doesn't feel live and risky where AEW sometimes used to feel very live and anything could happen. And it almost feels like they've gone too far that way where it's cool. But at the same time, yeah, you're to your point, we need to hide some things or at least try to minimize it. Even to the point of escaping the cage, you know, wrestlers will have the referee open the door, but the camera's not focusing on the referee holding the door when they're opening the door to a cage. They're focusing on the wrestler getting out of the cage. So, but that is yeah. part of the rule too that the referee opens the door, you know, right and in Hell and Cell, they have the key to unlock the door. So, um, again, make it part of the rule that the referee can help stabilize the, the ladder or don't shoot. The referee's holding it or, you know, again, uh, you can't compare last night where it's three minutes of going back and forth to the referee's holding it to to matches where you see it for a split second, a second max, you know, uh, during during a match. It was it was way more sloppy. And I felt like that's something again, it's a learning moment. I feel like the production should just work on it, not focusing and, and knowing how to shoot around that kind of stuff. Yeah, I think also because, yeah, things happen in live production, so I don't blame anybody. I'm This isn't me upset with right. anyone. But there is, like we said, it's just kind of a – I think if all the other stuff we talked about, like the bladings weren't shown and things like that, then this would have been one of those, yeah, things happen, move on. But it, when it becomes a repeated thing where you go, well, it happened two weeks ago, something kind of happened three weeks ago, 
you got to look back and go, okay, time to clean this up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, uh, Darla. Oh yeah. Go ahead. And, and, and just to be clear, I think referees should hold the, should hold the ladder when, you know, when they feel like they need to for sure. And so I'm not against that at all. I'm just against the production of it. Like, just like a wrestler when he throws a punch, um, he shouldn't be hitting him with full force, but right. It should look real. You know, it should, you know, but anyway. And if it's not going to shoot it from an angle, so we can't tell that it doesn't look real. Yeah. Uh, Or if it misses, when you show replay, don't show the miss. No. Yes. Like <laughs> very obvious stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, much respect to referees. That's such a hard job they have there. Um, yeah. We got a couple comments here. Uh, J.R. Smith says, going back to the Eddie Kingston thing, I think all of the all output a black cloud over AEW until they finalize the situation with Punk and move past it, the black cloud will continue to darken their doorstep. Does feel like it's been a little weird at AEW since that happened i don't know if it's that or just losing punk um and again punk is injured but i just wonder if punk was on tv if the ratings would be a little higher and and real quick i know we didn't have this on our agenda but um i was going to yeah. mention the ratings real quick because uh, they came out pretty shortly before we had put it kind of put it together our, our sheet but uh aew was down a lot this week uh dynamite was down to 833,000 viewers down 19 percent from last week and they did a 0.27 18 to 49 rating which was down 23 percent from last week last week didn't have competition from the nba this week did but a year ago was the same thing they weren't down near week to week as much as they were this year so i think a lot of it had to do with tony khan's announcement last week and then a lot of it was the NBA. And then a lot of it, probably last week's episode, just didn't suck them in. So, Yeah, they've had some trouble with... Uh, their TV, as of late, hasn't felt can't miss. Um, yeah, and the, the audience was second lowest of the year, just slightly behind two weeks ago, which was lowest. And the 18 to 49 rating was one of the lowest they've done since uh, NXT moved to Tuesdays. It was tied with two weeks ago for the... Uh, fourth lowest in the 18 to 49 demo. So uh, not not good numbers, especially heading into a pay-per-view. Yeah, if you look at a lot of their matches, like this week, a lot of people I like, but a lot of people who also haven't been on TV regularly, uh, the, the tag team Battle Royal, a bunch of teams that aren't really featured on Dynamite very often, the la- face of the Revolution ladder match, I love Hobbs, but he hasn't been on Dynamite in months, you know, and uh, Commander, I don't remember when he's been on Dynamite. uh, In He's never been on Dynamite. Um, And then, uh, you know, a lot of those guys like Ortiz and uh, and Eddie Kingston, they're not on regularly. Like there's it's a lot of people that aren't on regularly. So I'm like, I don't really have that invested interest in them. So even Hobbs winning, I'm happy for him. I'm, I'm actually a really big Hobbs fan. I'm also like, I mean, come on, you're, you, you've been gone for three months. Are you really going to win the title from Samoa Joe? I don't know. Right. Um, so in any case, yeah, we've got a couple things uh, here in the chat. We've got um, asking, uh, Jared Smith asks if AW's production quality has dropped since they started. I don't remember these issues being a problem when they launched. Um, interesting point. Um, gosh. I, 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 hmm. Yeah, I don't remember seeing like 
the blading stuff as much a couple years ago. Like last year, they had the um, the big cage match of the blood and guts where it was very obvious and and there's been some, but I don't know. I, I almost feel like the production has gotten better, but they have been making bigger mistakes, if that makes sense. I think it, I think because it, it feels a little bit and I don't know, I'm not backstage or anything, obviously, but it does feel a little bit like maybe they've got more cameras and more angles. So it's harder for them to direct than it used to be. Like when you only have four cameras, you're choosing between it's very easy to know where to look and where to be at. But when you've got 18 cameras, now right. you've got a big screen of screens that you've got to look at. If you ever watched directing of a live pro wrestling show. It's intense, by the way. I've, I've never even seen. I've never even seen like WWEs, but I've been backstage at some other places, and it's intense. Like what those guys have to look at and balance and direct. Yeah, if you go to a WWE event and you're sitting on the hard cam side, like further back, you'll see. If you go to a WWE television tape, you'll see this giant screen with like eighteen different squares, and they're pretty small. And having to, you know know when to cut back and forth and and that's where experience comes in aew is a newer company they'll get it um you look you look look you look at kevin dunn he gets a lot of flack but he's been doing this a long time and you know Mm -hmm. it's live pro wrestling pro wrestling isn't real so you're obviously gonna always get some botches you're gonna get mistakes but they they cover it up really well and and that's his experience yeah so We'll see. Hopefully they get those things panned out. But we also have some news on the WWE sale. Speaking of companies that are not new and no, no one bought it yet. No one has said they're going to buy it. But Kevin Nash commented about it and he said he can't wrap his head around the nine billion dollar asking price, uh, noting that it was six billion two months ago. Uh, And he said that maybe uh, he's trying to Vince is trying to delay the sale and compared it to selling a house. He said. Kevin Nash said, it's almost like I have no intention of selling my house. But if someone called me up and said, I'll give you $3.5 million, I'm selling my house. But if you give me market value for it, then I'm like, nah. Uh, Nash thinks that McMahon is simply trying to get enough money to make the ordeal of turning the company over to outside ownership worth it. Um that said, it sounds like Endeavor is out of the running. Uh, some other people are out of the running. Raj, you've you've sold some stuff before. Do you think that that maybe Vince is asking for a price knowing he's not going to get it? Well, so Ari Emanuel of, of Endeavor, uh, he basically said, you know, they, they have a lot of debt from the purchase of USC. Uh, they believe they he said something like WWE is a fantastic company, but they don't they're not looking to add on to their debt. And that to me. It seems legit. It doesn't seem like something that like a negotiation ploy. Uh, Comcast, NBC Universal, you know, they said David Faber on CNBC basically while interviewing Nick Khan said, Oh, yeah, Comcast is out of the running. And Nick Khan was like, eh, No, nah, I don't know. But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, you know, it, when you think of those two being out, it's like, Who does that leave? And, you know, you got Disney incurring big losses with Disney Plus. Um, you got Netflix, who is not really in that space. They haven't really expressed much interest in live sports. That kind of leaves, you know, Saudi Arabia's public investment fund. And, um, you know, and, and maybe that's kind of what, what they want because the money's not an issue for them. Um, so, I mean, that's, 
they they kind of to me seem like the top uh top pick and i know a lot of people mm -hmm. have an issue with it but that just seems like the reality of where it's at is is it possible these guys saying they're not interested endeavor nbc whoever that they're just saying that from their negotiation standpoint, because if everyone says we're not interested, it kind of forces WWE to lower the price. Does it not? I'm trying to think of the last time a company with a big purchase like this said they weren't interested and came back to the table. I'm sure it's happened many times, but I, I can't think of any, I know like WWE with WWE specifically, there was once with spike TV where Spike TV came out and said, we're not interested in renewing because I guess WWE was asking for too much. And that was it. They had to go to USA. They lost uh, advertising rights, uh, selling their own advertising. And it, it cost them a lot of money, but it, it's possible. I just, I don't think that's it. I, I think you would just keep quiet about it. Uh, Darla says, Meltzer said, if it's Saudi, then they probably keep Vince and have him run creative. It's definitely a possibility if this Vince wants to stay on again. We talked about this, I think, last week. Yeah, but I don't think a lot of these big corporations are in tune with the day to day of who's running creative and whose ideas are what and and things like that. They they just kind of look at the numbers. So I could yeah. see, and I'm sure most of these companies see Vince McMahon as the guy still. Um, and then. Elizabeth says Endeavor dropped out of the running. Now it sounds like, unfortunately, that it will be Saudi Arabians might get it. Um, and then uh, we got J.R. Smith says nine billion is the six billion plus future profit potential. Uh, Raj, as far as future profit potential goes, that's part of the original sale, anyways, right? Like if I'm selling for six billion, that's kind of the idea. Well, you know, well, again, with the Saudis, the, the profit doesn't really matter. It's kind of like almost like a public relations thing showing like they have these wholesome worldwide entertainment companies coming in and, you know, whatever you want to call it. But, you know, just kind of it's it's more of a public face, a public display. Whereas for NBC and ABC, yes, it is, you know, it depends on profits and Again, I, I feel like nine billion was the price they put out there to have a high end, and they would come down because, again, in the sale, you want to put, you want to start high and then come down, not start, you know, at the price you want to go to and then go lower. Mm -hmm. So, um, we'll see. I mean, I, I think uh, just, but even at eight billion, it would take NBC Universal. It would take Disney a long time to not only pay that off to where it becomes worth it, but then to start actually making money with it. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah, even if they're profiting 500 million a year for 8 million, that's 16 years before you break even on it. Uh, yeah. And I'm rounding. I think their profit was like 300 million last year. Um, you know, yeah. they did like a billion in revenue, but it was like, it might've been less than that, actually. Um, you know, to just don't quote me. I'm just, you know, rapping right, right now. I, I'll look up more uh, concrete figures for next week. But assuming it's, you know, 300 million, think how long it takes to to make it to 8 billion. So takes yeah. a long time. Uh, on Twitter, last thing on this, uh, at GavWav, I'm guessing you 
say it, G-A-V-W-A-V, says, just admit, Raj, your financial series with Jack Farmer is all leading to a finale of you guys buying WWE. <laughs> Raj, you've been found out. Spoiled it. we got to come up with a new ending. And when that happens, Raj, every week, <laughs> Boneyard. <laughs> <laughs> if you thought you loved the first Boneyard match. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be like Teddy Long and The Undertaker. I mean, <laughs> you're going to go one-on-one in the Boneyard. <laughs> <laughs> the crowds hate me because there's no main events on any shows. <laughs> They're just sitting there watching the screen every week. <laughs> For the 24-7 awesome. championship. Uh, <laughs> uh, so we got a um we got a, a, a two other topics I definitely want to get to, but we got two things that came up I want to bring to you. Uh, on Twitter, we were also asked by T Smitty 3000 and we also got a super chat from T Smitty 3000 says uh, on Twitter asked uh, who you think should leave AEW for WWE and vice versa. T Smitty says in the super chat, I believe Omega should go to WWE and become a household name. In my opinion, Jade Cargill is a sneaky big fish for WWE. Jade with the WWE machine is money. Um, what say you Raj? Is there anyone, if you did an even trade, let's say across the board, who's, who are some folks you think would be better off? Um, let's take financial stuff and like that kind of thing away. Just who do you think fits the culture? I guess in, in both ones, it would be a good switch. Omega is interesting. Um, because which you just see what they've done with Cody and it, mm-hmm. they've done a fantastic job and you know, Omega, he can talk, he can wrestle. He has charisma. He's not just, you know, he's not just a work rate guy. He, 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 he checks all the other boxes and with triple H in charge of creative, um, I could see him being a big one. I could see, I could see that being huge. And it's not like they're doing a lot with him right now. You know, mm-hmm. we'll get to the revolution uh, preview soon, but you know, they, these, he hasn't cut a big promo since he came back like in November. I mean, we're talking what five months and he hasn't had like a big spotlight featured on him. And like this last Wednesday, they were out for a minute and got laid out. And that's, that was the whole build basically to their, to their match coming up. So I, you know, he's someone that I could see a, a, a fresh coat of paint helping him out. And gosh, if you're going the other way, and Seth Rollins is killing it right now in WWE, but I, I could see him being huge in AEW. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think Seth Rollins would be great over there. I think, um, yeah, I, I think Omega over in WWE would be great. I think, uh, you know, I think it would be sneaky good for AEW would be Chad Gable. I think someone who can talk on the mic, who's entertaining, who can wrestle really well. I think he could find himself in a lot of good uh good stuff over there. Kind of the way Kurt Angle had a, a renaissance in TNA. I think he could do the same for himself over in AEW. And Chad Gable's great. I just worry about if you're not a main event guy in WWE, it's easier to fall, you know, yeah. uh, to, to get that TV time in AEW. Whereas Rollins, he's going to get it, you know? Yeah. But oh. I, I agree with you. I think Chad Gable has a ton of unlimited potential and it could they could pro- they could do something with it if they wanted to. I certainly don't think he'd be the splashiest, uh, you know, 
AEW pick. No, no disrespect to to Gable, but I just I think that he could carve out a bigger role for himself over there if he had the opportunity. Um, and I think Jade Cargill is a superstar wherever she is. I think she's just a force of nature. Yeah, she's a she's a potential crossover superstar. So. Yeah, she's going to do big things. Uh, now, this is one. This is the bigger news. This is like the biggest news of the uh, of the week. And I didn't realize I was going to ramble on with the other stuff for so long. But Brock Lesnar, uh, he's going to be facing Omos at WrestleMania. But that was not the original plan for him. Uh, it's being reported that he was going to be working with potentially Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. Uh, that is not happening. Um, what, uh, what are your thoughts of this change for Brock Lesnar for WrestleMania? Do you think it means anything? Do you think it's just typical things are written in pencil? Is there writing on the wall? What do you, what say you? No, I think Brock is smart. <laughs> no, no, no offense, but yeah, Fightful had reported that, um, you know, the at one point it was Brock and Bray and Brock mixed that one. And, uh, Apparently, Elimination Chamber was supposed to have Brock win initially. Brock decided, you know, turned down the Bray Wyatt match. They changed that finish. Uh, poor Bobby Lashley. And and look, I think Bray Wyatt has some crazy, fantastic ideas that could work. Um, he came back hot. He, he the whole build to his return was awesome. And then he now it's like you know one week he's he's he says he's uncle howdy the next uncle howdy's giving him sister abigail the next week they're together the next week they're trying to get alexa bliss the next week he's doing the muscle man dance it's just all over the place there's no like central story that's going anywhere with this thing i so and and you know seth rollins said something a, a couple of years ago where most wrestlers don't come out better uh from a feud with bray wyatt and that's mm -hmm. just true. And Brock Lesnar is one of those guys. He's he's got that serious Mike Tyson appeal. He's one yeah. of the few guys, very few guys, and he might be the only guy in wrestling that has that. And to have him in those silly muscle man sketches and having Brock, you know, and doing the you know the whole sketch that they were doing, it just doesn't fit his character. It would be the wrong choice. So uh, kudos to Brock for, for recognizing that. I also think just one of the uh, limitations of a Brock Lesnar is I don't think he could play along with the, with the firefly Funhouse shtick. You yeah. know, I can't imagine, you know, them looking scary and trying to intimidate him and him selling it in any way. I feel like he would minimize everything would look minimized. Cause he'd be like, this is stupid. <laughs> him just being in the F firefly funhouse just not only would he make that the firefly funhouse to look stupid uh but he would be brought down a notch just being in there right so, right know. and and <laughs> john cena was in the firefly funhouse and it wasn't <laughs> as bad as i think uh brock lesnar the the firefly funhouse but well, we were desperate for stuff what that back then though because we were watching <laughs> You know, We're, hours of empty arena wrestling. So it's like anything that's mildly entertaining. I get that, that I, Cena I, thing didn't do him any favors either, but he's such a huge star that it didn't matter. But that whole segment basically basically buried him. 
yeah, I think everyone just kind of left that segment going, uh, okay, I guess. <laughs> I don't. I, I think I liked it. They did an yeah. NWO thing. That's right. Cool. It was cool to see John Cena in the NWO. That's cool. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, yeah, I don't get. I, I, I agree with. If that's the case, I agree with Brock because I don't really get. I feel like it's very bad. It's a very bad sign, regardless how you feel about Bray that he's had four months of time to build a character and story has had more story time opportunities on TV than anyone that's not in the bloodline. And your first kind of move in your build to your WrestleMania opponent is the muscle man dance. <laughs> like that was what you came out with. Like yeah. Cody Rhodes was kind of coming off of nothing, but the Royal rumble win and he cut good promos, you know, and he sold me on that match, but you're yeah. making fun of, Lashley for being muscly. Like that's your, <laughs> that's your move after four months of building you to this. Yeah. I don't know. I'd, I'd like to see Bray get away from the, the spookiness and the supernatural and the, the firefly Funhouse and do something that's personal, like a yeah. personal issue. And it's, there's no magic. There's no maggots on the ring or, you know, they had that one <laughs> WrestleMania, just yeah. a personal issue. And, uh, you know, you bring, uh, um, uh, God, oh my gosh, what's wrong with my memory is his wife. Um, oh, um, the, uh, the, the, she was a ring announcer. Um, yeah. Um, J, J, um, is it Jojo, 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 uh, oh my gosh, how am I forgetting this? But you know, yeah. just something personal where, uh, it, it leads to, you know, a, a big feud. So I, I'd like to see Bray in something normal. Yeah, I think because I a lot of people, even with the uh, yeah, it looks like it was Jojo. Um, yeah, Jojo but, Offerman. So it's um, but even with the, the spooky stuff, I always say when you look at like the Undertaker and Kane, yes, there was supernatural. But at the end of the day, their story was they were brothers who wanted to fight or Kane wanted to fight his older brother. And there's a reason for him to fight. I don't really get what Bray Wyatt cares like. I don't understand why he's in pro wrestling. I guess I don't know right. why he's. Here. What's Uncle Howdy? What's the the whole point there? Yeah. We, again, we've had months to explain something. Yeah. And so anyway, I'm kind of over it, but uh, we'll see. Uh, Joe Smo, I disagree with you here. You say Brock is overrated and hasn't helped anyone since his return. You could say Drew, but even that match didn't really help. It was what happened after. I disagree because. I think he also helped Roman Reigns. I mean, he put over Roman Reigns. He put over Drew. I think Brock helps a lot of people. Uh, yeah. And, he, you know, with Drew, it was tough because it's during the pandemic and there were no fans during Drew's whole title reign. So he, he Brock tried, but, you know, it's hard to get that balance when yeah. you have that kind of uh, condition. Uh, and then um, and then, Elizabeth, we were talking about Bray's, Bray's wife, not uh, Brock's. Yeah. Um, uh, veggie gamer says he said move your behind and then stared at the camera and said and erase your mind kubrick has nothing on this masterpiece <laughs> uh, yeah we'll, we'll see hopefully it, it'll be very interesting to see how it plays out with brock and about bobby or uh bray wyatt and lashley though because if it's terrible i think that stink is going to be on bray for a long time yeah because you know, everyone will say brock was right Hopefully I'm wrong though. Hopefully it's great because why wouldn't I want to be entertained? Absolutely. Um, the the better it is, the better it is for everyone. Yeah. So let's talk about Revolution. It's this weekend and it's going to be uh, it, it's eight matches. Got a feeling it'll be 
four and a half hours at least, because that's just the AWA. Uh, but let's run through this card, and everyone let me know what you think as we go through it. We're going to start at what this list has at the bottom, and that is Ricky Starks versus Chris Jericho. Raj, I really hope Ricky Starks gets the win, and this is his sl- slow ascent back to that world title picture. What say you? Yeah, I think he has to win. Um, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I think I, you, you look at Jericho. He, he really wants to elevate some of these guys. I feel mm-hmm. like Action Andretti. He got he got a little boost, but he's not. This wasn't exactly a one two three kid kind of storyline that they had for him afterwards. He's he's basically a lower level guy on the show, and mm-hmm. and, and but on, on the the counter side it's probably the right place for him right now. It's he's probably not ready. Whereas Ricky Starks is, I think Ricky mm-hmm. Starks is ready for that next level. He's great on the mic. He, he has great presence, good, you know, great charisma. So uh, I think he has to win here. Yeah, I agree. And he's someone, if I'm AEW, I'm saying in the next three years, he's one of my top guys like yeah. in the company easy. But uh, as we continue on, we got AEW world trios championship, the elite versus the house of black Raj. I'll let you go first on this one. I think the elite, um, I, again, they haven't had the titles for that long. I think, I think they should win, even though I think it'd be better if they didn't just because, uh, I'd like to see Omega out of this trios title picture and get back in the singles picture, because I think they could really use him right now. It just feels so shallow at the top. And, uh, I think they could use Omega cause he's one of their biggest stars. I agree. Um, I agree 100%. Uh, even though the elite just got the tiles, I really hope they lose them. I think house of black needs something to keep them on TV. I like their look and I like the guys in it. So I, I think get, have them with titles gives them a reason to be on TV. Um, even though there's not really much build up to this one, but the elite also, I agree with you. They're better used. Kenny should be in the world title picture at all times or sniffing around the world title picture at all times. I, I don't think, I don't think he should ever be away from it again. He should be in a either in a rivalry that's going to put him in the world title picture or in the world title picture at all time. They should AEW should feature him like the exclusive star that WWE has never had, and we have him right. and show him off. That's I don't know why they don't do that, but yeah, I feel like the build up to this match for an Omega match was has just been bad, um, and I also think. Um, the trios division, I think it should go away. I I, mm-hmm. I just feel like it's an extra title that's not needed. They have too many titles as it is. It doesn't mean anything. These matches are not drawing ratings or, or doing anything. Get it, get it away. The Young Bucks meant so much more in the tag division. Get you know the tag division feels so shallow right now. I was watching that uh, battle royal the other night, and it's like, man, th- this is the tag division now. Where two years ago. It just felt like AEW was heads head and shoulders above everyone else when it came to tag team wrestling. Yeah, I agree. They were a, their tag team division was insane. But yeah, now again, it's not even a, a shot at the people who are in it. It's just they're just not on TV. You know, right. I don't. We don't see them wrestle, so I don't care about them anymore. Uh, like right. Lucha Brothers, I love, but they're just sporadically in these Rumble matches now. So I go, okay, I don't, I don't yeah, really care, too. but. Jeff Jarrett's in there, uh, which no yeah. offense to Jarrett. He looks great, but come on. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I'm, uh, so I, I hope House of Black wins. My money's on Elite, though. Uh, AW Women's World Championship match. Jamie Hayter, uh, Soraya, and Ruby Soho. Um, 
I think for this one, it feels like Ruby Soho has the support of the people. I feel like she's the, the, the one a lot of people are interested in. I'm hoping she walks away with this one because I also think there's enough stuff going on with Jamie Hayter that she can pivot to something else uh, and start finally building a mid-card to the women's division. Hmm. I disagree with you on this one. I think Jamie Hayter, I, I think... I think there's, I don't know if they dropped this storyline or if it's just put on the back burner for now, but her and Britt Baker, I feel like there's a good story there. And uh, I feel like she should retain, leads to more problems between her and Britt. And that leads to a title match at uh, at Double or Nothing. Um, by the way, we got to get some of these in here. Uh, House of Black, I'm hoping for, just because I don't like the Bucks. House of Black should, w- uh, from Baby Ice Night One, says House of Black should win, but I feel the Elite will retain. Um Baby, I says Tony sees you wanting trios to go away and is adding four more titles to 2023. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a lot of Jamie Hayter people agreeing with you. Isn't it odd? Would you would have guessed a few months ago that Soraya would have been in a AEW Wins Championship match and neither of us would have picked her to win it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, she, yeah, I mean, I, I something's missing. Yeah, it's just not hitting the way. I would have thought it would have, but I do like that she's involved with like Tony Storm and her and now Riho was on. T- I think the more you can get the women's division interacting, the better, but now you he's got to make it consistent. Yeah. I think the problem um, with the AEW women's division, and you see this a lot in WWE too, is they clump so many women together in the same programs as opposed to doing singles programs. You know, it's just one-on-one, no other people in the corner, um, and I, I always feel like those are the most effective. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, Darla's wondering if when uh, Dar- uh, Thunder Rose is coming back, I believe she's it's soon from what I understand, but I don't know timeline. She's doing Spanish commentary right now, but um, yeah, I, 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 I'm not sure. Yeah. I would think it's pretty soon. Uh, and night one saying Soraya stealing, it would be a subtle shocker. Um, Antoine Phillips saying, I like Soraya's win, maybe brings in Mercedes or Jade finally wants the women's title. Um, I would love Jade to just unify those two and be the champion. Yeah, they don't really need two right now. Yeah. Um, We got after that, we have the AEW TNT championship match, Samoa Joe versus Wardlow. Uh, Which one do you think gets the win? What do you think of this one? I think it's got to be Wardlow. He, I think they need to they need to get him back on track. He was so hot last year. Uh, he's clearly one of the guys that could be one of their kind of more you know quote unquote homegrown stars. Granted, he didn't train with AEW. He worked the Indies before, but you know what I mean. Yeah, and I, I think they need to get him back. So Wardlow here. I agree. I almost I almost don't want him to win though because I want him out of that that title picture and moving on to the world title picture. And I feel like it derails him a little like it did last year. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I, I kind of get what you're saying. Cause I'd rather him in that world title picture too, but I think him taking a loss right now would just stay right. really exactly. bad for him. So, um, but I also think, I don't know, maybe him being the champion and just racking up wins over people for a while, like, like a Goldberg, you know, for a little bit, I don't know, but, uh, I do think Wardlow gets the win and Samoa Joe probably becomes a ring of honor guy is what I'm predicting. Yeah. Um, 
But then we get the Texas death match, John Moxley versus Hangman Page. Um, this one has probably some of the most actual build to it on the show, but really it's just you beat me in a match, so I beat you in a match, and then you beat me in a match, so now I'm going to beat you in a match. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> it's it's a, kind of a best of seven at this point, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 these guys are... Two of the faces of AEW, the way I look at it. So I think it'll be good. It'll be fun. I want Adam Page to win. I think that he's someone who could be a big star for them. I think Moxley's kind of untouchable in the star category for AEW. So I'd like to see Page win and kind of get back on track to being a top star. But what do you think? Yeah, I think I think Adam Page wins it. Um, I feel like it's more important for him to win it. I feel like if he loses, that's like three to one, you know? Yeah. And uh you want to build some young stars, you know, some, some guys that aren't, that don't have that WWE cred and uh, Adam page is one of those guys. So I think he's the one I'd, I'd go with for sure. Yeah. Uh, and I think again, he's one of those guys, there's certain people that AW has that I think helps them stand out from a character standpoint. And uh, Moxley, like I said, he's there already and he'll be there forever now. Kind of like a Jericho Jericho could lose for the next six months and he'll still be Jericho. Uh, right. Page isn't quite there yet. I want to see him get some wins. Yeah, Moxley, a win here does nothing for him. A loss here does nothing for him. So, uh, and Paige, you know, with him, a, a win helps him out. So definitely Paige. Tornado, Anthony, why doing some fantasy booking? If Joe wins and MJF wins, then could we get Wardlow and MJF at double or nothing? Possibly. I'd like to see it. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, we got to see how MJF does as champ. I feel like so far they've been doing the same stuff with him as before he was champ and that's kind of, I think it's been hurting him. Um, I yeah. think they need to either do something new with him. If they don't, then it might be time to move the title on some to someone else. Yeah. I haven't, I know I, I, this hasn't been my favorite uh, build for MJF uh, during this run. So I know he, he's great. I just, I agree with you. I feel like, yeah, we've seen this before. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. Um, but we'll talk about that in a second. AEW Tag Team Championship match. The Guns versus the Acclaimed versus Jarrett and Lethal versus Danhausen and Orange Cassidy. Raj, to your point about this tag team division looking weak, it shocks me that we are in one of their four biggest shows of the year and no Lucha Bros, no Young Bucks, no FTR. Uh, they've got some big guns in the tag team division and... I'm a little disappointed we're getting Dan Housen and Orange Cassidy and like Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal and the guns. Have they even have Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen ever teamed on Dynamite? Not I don't I think know. so, right? No. Yeah. Um, yeah, just the, the tag team division just feels really weak right now. Um, I think the acclaimed have to, has to win. They're the biggest stars. They're the most over. It seemed too soon for them to lose it when they lost it. So I'm going with the acclaimed. I'm going with the acclaimed also. I, I was hoping that the guns won it so that they could pivot it to somebody else without the acclaimed losing to another like babyface team or something. But yeah, if this yeah. is what we're getting, then I don't really get it. I just want acclaimed to win, and then I want acclaimed to start having really good matches with the top teams like the Lucha Bros and the FTRs and the like. Let's what I like about wwe is they'll give us our big matches you know what i mean i, I want my big matches at aw i know this will be 
exciting and fun. And I'm sure it's got a lot of near falls. I'm going to be into it, but give me the big matches. This you only have four big shows a year. This is your SummerSlam. Give me a big match. Don't right. Don't give me acclaimed versus three teams that don't really wrestle on dynamite very often. Well, Jarrett and lethal do, but that's only recently. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, we get AEW world championship, Iron Man match, MJF versus Brian Danielson. What are the odds Raj that Brian Danielson gets the win here? I don't see it. I mean, stranger things have happened, but I think it's just too soon for MJF to lose it. It's his first, uh, it's his first right title defense yeah. on pay-per-view. So, I, you know, Tony Khan is one of those guys. He cares about his titles. He's not doing, you know, the back and forth quick title changes with the world title. So um, I think, uh, I think MJF has to win it. I, you know, again, I'm not a big fan of marathon matches. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Some people might be angry about that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, I just, it's like only the last five minute counts. <laughs> these, but, right. Uh, no, but yeah, uh, MJF has to win and hopefully they do something at the end, uh, like Adam Cole coming out or something to pop the crowd after MJF wins and you move on to, to the next big challenger. Yeah. Hopefully they've got something lined up. Cause I agree. I can't imagine Brian Danielson getting the win without it making MJF look like a total chump for losing right. it on his first, his first go around. And I do got to say, too, uh, you know, we, we were talking about the build. I didn't like the build where they were repeating the whole angle where MJF has to beat or Dan Danielson has to beat these guys that MJF is setting up because they've done that so many times recently. Yeah, obviously, yeah. you're always repeating angles, but they've done it so many times in recent memory. But the promos that they've done the last couple of weeks and that promo that Danielson did on Dynamite, I thought was just fantastic. I thought it was one of the best promos of the year. And it was just a great go-home promo. So I felt like the build the last couple of weeks really, really stepped up. Yeah, their promo work has been awesome. It's like you said, sort of the story of you got to get through my list of challengers before you can get to me. And the Iron Man match, I'm bummed out because I'm with you. I'm not a huge Iron Man match fan at the end of the day. Also, when I feel like it's 90% MJF is going to win this. So I feel like I have to watch an hour of what I know the outcome is probably going to be. Right. Uh, so that's a little disappointing too, but you never know. So that's, what's going to keep me engaged Uh scale of one to 10 for you, Raj and everyone watching. What's your excitement level for revolution? I'd say a seven, just because I feel like the main event, I'd really like to build the last couple of weeks, but the rest of the card, not really so much, you know, kind of what you said about hangman page and Moxley. It's just kind of been like, I beat you, you beat me. It should be great. I have a feeling. And and that's the thing. I think this pay-per-view is going to end up being really good. But excitement level is not just because the storylines haven't been there. I wouldn't say it's the highest of other AEW pay-per-views. This one, I'm going to be totally honest. I think this is the least hyped I've been for an AEW pay-per-view uh, going into it. And like you said, I guarantee the matches are going to be great. I'm sure you'll see me on Twitter going, Samoa Joe and Wardlow are killing it. This is incredible, you know, and it probably will be, but I'm just not jazzed going into it. I'm like, I'm not like, I can't wait to see this. It's kind of like, oh, this will be good. I'm sure it'll be, it'll be fine. Um, so I'm hoping I get, I'm proven wrong. We got a lot of five out of tens, eights. 
Uh, night one with an eight. Tornado saying a mid seven. Six out of ten from Brandon. Um, kind of about there. Yeah, I'd say I'm about there. Uh, so we'll see. Hopefully it it uh, it over delivers, but um, uh, we'll we'll have to see. Again, we've said about AEW before. They need to start getting this uh, some stories intact. But look, we've got an hour. We went over. I, I didn't think this was going to be a long episode. Every time I think it's going to be short and we end up going long. Uh, before we go, Raj, uh, where can we find you online and uh, everything you're working on and all that good stuff? Uh, check out uh, my Twitter, the Raj Geary, and then check out me and Jack Farmer or at, at Practical Money uh, on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Practical practical money. We did our last episode last week, uh, looking at ways you can make thousands of dollars back a year just by using your credit card. And, you know, obviously we're not saying get into debt, but uh, right. pay off your credit card and make money in the process. Yes. I personally found thousands of dollars I did not know I have. So it's a great episode to check out practical money. You can find me at Real Jack Farmer across all social media. Thank you to Tornado Anthony Y, Night One, Brandon Hearn, Baby Ice. Uh, is it Krana Shaw? Let me know if I'm saying that right. Night One, Darla, uh, and everyone else. Uh, A. O'Donnell26, uh, good to see you. Uh, and everyone else. Thank J.R. Smith as well. Thank you guys so much for joining us in the live chat. Killer Demons and Nelly Belly popping in at the end there. Make sure to hit the like button, share, comment, subscribe. Again, this is a new show, so it's really important if you can. Veggie Gamer as well. I see a, a copy and paste the link, throw it into social media. That's always really helpful. Uh, but that does it for us. Make sure to check out at Wrestling Inc. for all the different news for pro wrestling, as well as the after SmackDown and after Rampage show. And I'm going to be on the after revolution shows with you right rush yeah you me and isa so that should be fun i haven't done aew pay-per-view in a while yeah it'll be a fun one you'll get to hear us and we'll get to see if if the hype paid off or if i if i should have been hyped if i'm disappointed we'll, we'll see how it is um but uh, until then uh check all those places out and we will see you guys next time <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.